Welcome to the Salty Journals podcast. Salty Journals is a podcast for anyone who loves having time in, on, or under the water. Please don't forget to subscribe and share the show if you enjoy it. So let's get into this. So welcome to episode five of the Salty Journals podcast. Today, we've got an interview with Wallace J. Nichols. Wallace spent nearly two decades as a marine biologist studying, of all things, sea turtles and working with fishermen in Baja, California, Mexico to protect the turtles from poachers. In the, in the past few years, he's turned a new page. So he delves into the neuroscience and human behavior of what he calls blue mind. I know it coins a phrase, blue mind. I'm a bit of a skeptic when people start to put terms like this into what is a very normal thing like the water. But, you know, in amongst these blue mind summits, the regular book clubs he hosts, the several TED Talks, what he does do is create a bit of a movement and a bit of momentum in having a bit of think about how things are occurring to you how you're perceiving the world and what impact the water can have on that. So on this episode, we have a chat about what Blue Mind is, how we can experience Blue Mind even if we aren't lucky enough to be on or near the water and the difference the Blue Mind can make to every day. I really enjoyed the book and thoroughly enjoyed chatting with Wallace. I think it's really important to spend some time having a bit of a contemplation on what the water means to you and, and what kind of impact it has to you. And sure, sure, it can all come across as kind of touchy-feely, hoodoo, guru, BS, but it's pretty hard to deny when you're out in the ocean having a good time, the impact it can have on you. So join me as we chat to Wallace on the show. I hope you enjoy it. Thank you for joining the podcast with Salty Journals. Really do appreciate your time. Um, and I think there'll be some some really interesting content in here for for the listeners. Um, I guess a good place to start is 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 how you got started with the the book. Um, so you know what what brought this idea around and why did you write the book? Yeah, I'm um, I'm a marine biologist by training and by career, and um, became a marine biologist and uh, needed to find a career that kept me connected to the water. And um, and always noticed, you know, some element of that in all of my peers and my colleagues that they were doing this job because they were pulled to the water. And uh, found in my own work that understanding human behavior was. I studied sea turtles for a long time and sea turtle biology and conservation and and uh, understanding turtles is important, but understanding human behavior was just as important to figuring out. Uh, the problems that we're facing, the turtles and the ocean. And um, so it's kind of like that combination of the two. Like why, why am I so pulled to the water? So much so that I've built my whole life around, around it. And I'm not the only one, <laughs> certainly. And what about human behavior could be useful to fixing what's broken? And I kind of went looking for a book about that. I thought there's got to be a great book about our brain on water, our brain on the ocean. Because there were books about our brain on music and our brain on uh, anger and brain on happiness and our brain's ability to change itself and all kinds of great topics, really great, accessible, neuroscience-based books. And uh, I couldn't find it. I couldn't find a book about the human brain, the most complex thing known in the universe, and water, the single most important feature of our planet. So not too niche when you put them together, pretty major intersection of concepts, nothing. And so I tried to get some smart people to write it so that I could read it. And I pitched it to neuroscientists and psychologists, pitched it to a guy named Oliver Sacks, who had written extensively about neuroscience, neurology, brilliant intellectual man 
lifelong water lover and music lover. I wrote a book called Musicophilia about your brain on music. And I thought, man, my dream is for Oliver to write this book that I imagine reading. He bangs it out. It's a bestseller. I get to read it. Maybe he mentions my name in the acknowledgments, like, hey, Jay, thanks for the great idea. And everybody's happy. I get to put the book into practice. <laughs> and when I pitched it to him, he said, this is really kind of the point of the story. He said, it's a fine idea. You do it. <laughs> and so simultaneously, my dream of him writing this book exploded and dissolved and disappeared. And the responsibility to do it myself, um, because of the respect I had for him and his opinion and his intellect, the only answer to him saying, you do it, was, yes, sir, uh, I'll be back in five years. And it took me five years. <laughs> and I came back with a book and, and gave him signed copy, a hardcover, first edition. Um, soon after that, he passed away. So I, um, uh, I was glad to be able to complete the, uh, the command <laughs> that he suggested and deliver the book. Um, and so that, that was 2014. And since then, it's been uh, quite an interesting journey sharing this concept, Blue Mind, with um, you know, all, all the usual suspects, surfers and marine biologists and divers, but also uh, people who work in healthcare, um, people who work in prisons, people who work in hospice, um, teachers and parents, uh, whole range, uh, people who work in water quality, water management, um, people who work in the boating industry, in the pool industry. And, um, so I went from turtle guy, sea turtle researcher, to running around uh, trying, to, trying to explain myself, I guess, to people and be, help, be helpful, I guess is the goal. I, kinda, I think the book filled the spot on the shelf that was empty. And, um, and I encourage anybody who wants to take a shot at the same topic to write a better book and, uh, and join, join the join the movement, join the groundswell. Yeah, fantastic, so, fantastic. That's, that's, um, yeah, that's a really, really interesting um, creation story and um, yeah, great, great, uh, great emphasis to, to build a book behind it as well, um, for sure. So for those, for those who might not be familiar with the book or haven't read the book, um, uh, can you explain what the concept of the blue mind is, um, you know, the, the focus of the book? Yeah, so the best way to understand blue mind is to start with red mind, which is kind of the opposite. Um, and most people are really familiar with red mind right now in the world. Um, we have some of the highest levels of anxiety and stress um, in, as, as long as psychologists have been recording it. I know in the U.S., uh, the American Psychological Association puts out a report called Stress in America. And last year was the highest recorded level of stress. I'm sure this year we'll, we'll beat it. Needless to say, um, so we should be the most comfortable, relaxed group of humans ever, uh, given how convenient everything is. I'm talking to you over a screen on my laptop as if you're sitting at the kitchen table, and uh, I turn a knob over there, and water comes out that I can drink, and I open a door over there, and there's food to eat, and there's I go over there, and there's a bed, and there's a toilet, and everything's. Every single book ever written, every song ever recorded at my fingertips. So life should be good and relaxed and happy, but we're the most stressed out we've ever been. And that's red mind. Um, it's a useful mode. It gets things done. It gets us to the finish line. It put people on the moon. It's um, certainly uh, part of the striving and thriving uh, aspects of what makes us you know, good at what we do. But if it's all you have, you will burn out, guaranteed, 100%. And then that's called gray mind, burnout. Um, break down, burn out, and just kind of be in ashes. You know, the ashes that are left after the fire of red mind. And so back to your original question, what's blue mind? Blue mind is, is the antidote. Blue mind is the logging out, backing off, stepping away, moving away from all of the information, the information overload, the commitments. Um, the distractions uh, and you know disconnecting 
moving away from the screens, moving generally away from crowds of people, get out of the car. And, um, and you can do a lot of things to get your blue mind on. You can listen to music, you can participate in artworks. Um, but the best way to get your blue mind on is water and uh, in all of its forms. So the moment you step up, the moment you begin moving towards water, you start to slip into blue mind. You're anticipating it. You know, if you're sitting there right where you are right now, and I say, I don't know how far you are from the water, but if I say 10 minutes, we're going to be in the water, you start feeling it before you even get out of that chair and take that headset off. You start getting your stoke going and you're, you're slipping out, out of red mind into blue mind. And it just builds until, until you're submerged. Uh, you're on the water. And uh, what it really is, is first and foremost, it's a peeling away of all the stuff that makes red mind. So blue mind is as much about what we take away as what it gives, gives us. So the water precludes technology generally. Your, your iPhone doesn't like to be underwater so much. Your laptop certainly doesn't do well on a surfboard. You can try it. You can try to hold that laptop while you're surfing. Good luck. Um, scuba diving, any kind of diving or paddling, best to not bring your, your iMac or any, any other big desktop computer. Um, or your, your widescreen high-def te television doesn't do well on a, on a kayak. Um, so you're, you leave all your screens behind. You start to leave people behind. You leave traffic behind. You leave your to-do list behind. Um, the sound auditorily, visually, things become uh, more simple. And then somatically, your body, um, if you slip into the water and are floating, uh, you get back all that bandwidth too. So the parts of your brain that process vision, the visual information, the auditory information, the somatic input that you're, you know, you're doing a lot of work right now just sitting there, um, listening and talking. Uh, and then we have this visual component. So you take all that away, you get tons of bandwidth back. And you get to relax in a different way. Um, that water and water in all of its forms, as well as um, I would say virtual water. So art, recordings, music, film, those are all virtual forms of water uh, can help us as well. Uh, and so that's blue mind. That's this different state of mind, different mode, where we're more creative, um, more connected to ourselves to each other and to the planet we call home. Um, when we're relaxed, uh, we're healthier. Um, we have different kinds of insights, different kind of thinking. Red mind thinking is really useful. Blue mind thinking is also very useful. Uh, it's a place where you can creatively solve problems and work stuff out. There's a quality of conversation that outdoors by the water that's really different um, in a room, particularly in a crowded room when you're yelling over the, all the other noises or something, it's just a different conversation. Um, there's, a, there's a synchrony or a cadence or an entrainment that happens when you're swimming or paddling or walking on a beach together uh, that allows for that to happen. And uh, so my book describes all, all of that from all the, all the sensory perspectives and um, goes through the red mind, the gray mind and the blue mind. And, uh, and then talks about how to, what do we do with it. So that's interesting. What do we do with it? How do we put it? How do we apply it to society? And, um, and there's lots of lots of cool ways to do that. And that's really the, what Blue Mind's all about. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. No, I definitely um, uh, <laughs> just thinking about how much I want to share here. I, I was a lot of trouble when I was younger, right? And then I uh, I um, I ended up pretty pretty kind of lost, and then um, took up kite surfing and I remember those those initial days of just being out on the water and just just getting that release like off my shoulders and um kind of thinking how is this even legal um but the the you know the overall sort of calming just nature of water was just you know it was there from the start um and you've you've explained a bit about how it makes makes us as as calm down I mean do you think that's you know, is that related to, to being back in the, in the womb? I mean, is it, is it that kind of concept there? Is it, is it from right back in our origins? Or, you know, where does this, where does this kind of groundswelling come from? Sir, we're certainly, well, we're, we're mostly made of water. You know, we're, 
at birth over 70% water and declined slowly. Like we all spent 9.21 months underwater uh, in, in our own private ocean called Mom. And uh, it was warm and salty and dark and uh, pretty great. And so, uh, you know, I don't necessarily think it's just a desire to get back in the womb, but, it, but certainly there's a, a, a peacefulness to it that, it that harkens back to some you know, subconscious memory of, of that being uh, comfortable. And, um, you know, your entire nervous system, for the most part, developed underwater. Uh, you know, your brain is mostly water. Your brain is bathed in water. And while your brain was developing, you were living in a body of water. So not surprisingly, when you get appropriately and, and um, uh, purposefully into water. So it's very different if somebody throws you off a bridge into the water or the water floods your basement or, you know, something like a tsunami or something tragically hits. Uh, that's not blue mind. That's certainly red mind. It isn't just all water all the time. It's, it's the water you want to be in, in the way you want to be there. Um, even when you're over your head, you know, in some, some big water, but you want to be there, you're challenging yourself. That's exhilarating. Um, and even if you wipe out and go under and, and pop up, that, that's still wrapped in, in, in the blue mind experience. Um, it's often punctuated by moments of red mind. Um, but the difference is it's not chronic, steady, you know, hammering red mind with no breaks, um, which is what burns us out. And it sounds like you, you know burnout, you know gray mind. Um, you described uh, how your podcast was born from a desire to bring some positivity to the conversation about water and the ocean and life. Um, so, you know, those negative fight or flight fear kind of stories, those are more red mind. And, you know, I, I would say um, what the environmental movement has gotten wrong is stressing out an already stressed out group of people and thinking they're going to get a positive response out of that. Uh, we're all stressed by the world. And if you show up with another layer of heavy stress and expect you're going to get a, a creative, collaborative response, um, hard, really hard. So you got to bring, got to bring some. You, you can't avoid the bad news, but you can't just hammer people with relentless negativity or you know bad news all the time. It just it does burn us out. I mean, mm. Burnout's no good. I mean, I think you can learn some things from experiencing it, but as a functional mode, it, it's it's malfunctioning and um, not useful. Um, it's, it, can, it may have a lesson attached to it once, <laughs> but you don't want to you don't want to toggle back and forth between red and gray mind. That's not a not a good existence. So, um, pretty widespread burnout is. You know, yeah. Well, some yeah. I mean, some some great concepts there, and um, yeah, certainly like to 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 um, head back to a couple of them. But um, I think just picking up on on you know the environmental movement as an example, um, how, how do you um, hope or what are some of the kind of um, influences or, or lessons that can be, can be taken from the book that might, might help people to, to exhibit or, or live in a blue mind um, state more often? Is there, is there things that people can be doing to, to, to think that way, to do that? Yeah, I think what we, what we, when we tell the story of what a healthy ocean or lake or river is good for, we generally focus on the ecological and the economic benefits, and sometimes the educational benefits. But we leave out the emotional health benefits almost entirely. So if you look at most ocean organizations or ocean agencies, and look at their preamble to their reports, or just read the whole report if you have the time, and just look for the word emotional health, the phrase emotional health, look for the word neuroscience, look for the word psychology, look for the word brain, look for the word behavior, um, look, for the, look for the word calm or contentment, um, you know, go a little further, look for the word grief, look for, look for the word empathy and compassion, um, 
those are all scientific realms of research. The, the science of empathy is a science. It's neurophysiology and neurochemistry. And it's pretty cool. Um, but the ocean conservation groups haven't quite gotten around to employing that research. Um, so we leave out the fourth E. I call it the fourth E. It's the emotion, the science of emotion, or emotional health. Uh, and so by leaving that out, we generally undervalue a healthy ocean by at least 25%, because we leave out all those benefits. So we talk about food and jobs and climate, very important, or weather. We talk about biodiversity, incredibly important, uh, our fisheries, all the maritime industries. Um, but we leave out ideas like um, romance and calmness and um, how, how creativity. And you know, I know lots of artists and music, musicians who would say, I get my best ideas when I'm on the water or near the water. Uh, I know entrepreneurs who say the same thing. And they have good ideas that make the world better. Um, I know people who treat their anxiety and their post-traumatic stress with surfing or paddling or swimming, and it keeps them alive. Um, all of that has value. It has real, real world dollars and cents value. And we, when we leave it out quantitatively and qualitatively, we undervalue the ocean. Um, and when we undervalue anybody or anything, bad things happen every time. And so really it's about fixing the value equation, fixing our story. Our story is pretty stuck in the 80s, frankly. You know, most, most ocean orgs have basically a vintage 1980 story going. Um, they haven't updated it with the latest neuroscience blue mind research, um, which I think would accelerate their mission. And so um, the message to uh, conservation groups and environmental groups is add, add blue mind science, um, add somebody to your staff who understands neuropsychology or therapy, and it will accelerate your mission. Um, you'll more done. You'll build a bigger movement. You'll have more members. Uh, people will resonate with your message more. Uh, and you'll be more successful, which is all of our goal to fix the things that are broken. So, um, you know, my, I worked with sea turtles for a long time, and the population of sea turtles called the black sea turtle in, in Mexico that was considered beyond endangered, critically endangered, too late. It was borderline extinct. Um, functionally, ecologically, economically extinct, all but just completely extinct. And everybody had written it off. And I started working with the turtle hunters themselves. And everybody said, you can't work with them. They're, they're the enemies of nature. They're, they're bad men. And uh, I approached them with, with um, curiosity and respect. Uh, and empathy and compassion and ask them humbly how they would save the black turtle from extinction and they had some pretty good ideas and so we implemented them now 30 years later the black turtle has been downlisted uh, meaning it's being taken lower and lower on the endangered species list because the population keeps going up uh, it's an emerging success story uh, and we were told not to, not to waste our time, hmm. um, but we took a, a blue mind approach, I would say. More open-minded, creative, compassionate approach. Uh, took 30 years. So it wasn't quick. It wasn't a two-year quick grant thing that a lot of people like to work like that these days. A quick campaign and then move to the next thing. Um, didn't cost much. Our budget was puny. Uh, and we were successful. And I think the same thing's happening with, with the blue, we're building kind of a blue mind groundswell with a tiny budget, um, with a lot of heart, with great science. With the turtles, we had world-class science. Um, and really just no BS, <laughs> no spin, uh, not a lot of flash, just kind of you know, doing something that's non-redundant, pretty unique. Um, but it can be used by everybody. So whether you're in healthcare, and in the environmental uh, conservation world, uh, whether you're in water sports, uh, recreation, travel, um, if you're an educator or a parent, you'll find Blue Mind to be pretty useful. And that's our goal is to kind of sprinkle it around you know, with everyone. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, fantastic. And so um, for people looking to explore Blue Mind, obviously, um, we will, if they haven't read your book, then they, they definitely should um, and watch your TED talk. Um, is there any other resources? Have you got um, sort of a website repository of information, anything else you would, you would point people to? Yeah, I've, I've sort of, I hang everything, uh, I guess you would say it's my gym locker or closet. Um, if you go to patreon.com slash bluemind, you'll find a lot of content there. Uh, I post, we, we do an online book club every year. We spend uh, 10 weeks uh, reading Blue Mind together every night online. And we put that there. Uh, I post every chapter of the book. So if you don't have the book and you don't feel like buying it, because you don't want a chance that you might not like it, go to my, my Patreon site and you'll find every chapter posted there. Um, we've got a tw- for, if you're not into reading nonfiction, 300 page books with a lot of science, uh, you can go to the, uh, the videos. We have a 12 part video series in educators series. You can watch that. Um, got a handful of, of other podcasts that I've done in different realms from uh, podcasts with the people in the float spa world and podcasts with people in the water management, wastewater management world. Um, and some people who work more in mindfulness and health. And so a whole range of topics and you might find a free diving podcast. Um, so you might find something interesting there. And there's I think seven TED Talks. So it's all on my Patreon site. If you're, uh, if you're in, into that kind of content, um, there's tons, tons of cool stuff there. Um, but I, you know, I'll just say, if you're, if you're looking for something in particular and you're not finding it, just drop me a note. You probably have done it. It probably exists. And I'll just I'll direct you in the right direction. So don't give up. If you're, and probably more importantly, if you're looking for something that you think should exist and it doesn't, let's do it. <laughs> you know, if you're like, hey, man, there needs to be a, a Blue Mind mural in, in, uh, in Sydney, Australia, or in, you know, LA or wherever, uh, yeah, call me. I'll love to help with that. I think it'd be really fun. But I, love, I love creative collaborations. So, yeah. yeah, fantastic. No, thank you for that. And um, I guess, uh, you know, for me, and I think you are as well, I'm very fortunate to be able to be able to walk across um, a couple of roads and, and, and dip into the water. Um, you know, is there, for, for people where they're not able to do that, um, particularly, at, you know, at a time like this with, with the virus going on, um, is there other tips and techniques that, that, that would help with, with um, establishing a blue mind and, and, and moving into that space? Yeah, so I, you know, I'm, I'm biased towards wild water, so lakes and rivers and oceans and bays and creeks and ponds. I, I prefer the wild, free water. But sometimes you can't get to it. It might be frozen. It might, you might be in lockdown. Uh, you may be restricted for another reason. Maybe it's your health. Uh, maybe it's an injury. And so the two other categories of water would be domestic water. So a pool, a spa, a tub, a shower. A fountain, and maybe it's an urban fountain, or you have a fountain in your in your yard, and they make these little small desk fountains you can put them on your table. <laughs> um, they're pretty neat. It's not meant to be the ocean, so don't compare it to the ocean. I see even wave, you know, wave parks are domestic water, large, maybe one of the largest domestic waters available. Um, and then the third category, so you've got wild and domestic, and then the third category is virtual, and sometimes you. You know, you're not going to get in the bath. You're, you're going to maybe be at a screen or um, be with a, an artwork of some sort, whether it's a, a sculpture or you know, a sculpture related to the ocean or, or an animal. It could be a, a painting or a photograph. There's so many beautiful water photographs these days. When I was growing up, there's nothing. I mean, there's just some amazing work being done. It's just so captivating. You, you know, uh, are lucky enough to own a piece of artwork that's on your wall. Um, the walls look pretty bare, as, as do mine, but, um, you know. The... <laughs> okay, go get it. <laughs> All right, you win. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Where's your nail? You need to nail that thing to the wall. Not, not ideal for the podcast, but yeah, there is a, there is a, there is a photo. Yeah. There. 
um, but yeah, there is there is obviously the um, yeah the, the, I suppose the impact of using using something to to focus the mind and and um, yeah, sound is really good. If you if you um, if you know you're not going to be able to get to your water for a while, record it. And you've got a you probably have a really good recording device in your pot in your pocket that does a pretty good job quality wise. Just hit record on on the voice memo, and record 15 minutes of the, the sound of your ocean. And if you know you're going to be far away from it, traveling or something, and then just put that on loop and listen to it when you're trying to relax. And I, it'll it's your if it's your water it'll just you know your home water and it could be a river or a creek um and uh i my preference is for the part i'm not a great photographer or videographer but i find that the photographs that in the video that you make are the ones that are most of the most emotional valence I and mean, I, I love good art and i love looking at the masters and masterful photography i'm wearing an aaron chang hat right now is his photography is wonderful. Um, yeah, next level. But it's the, the photographs that you take sometimes that might just be cruddy little quick snapshots, um, maybe with your kids or your friends uh, on a good day. Um, those are the ones with the, the biggest emotional impact. So pull those up, have a little collection of go-to water photos that just make you super happy, and really chill. Um, the videos, the recordings, the sounds. Um, so you can, you know, you can, you can ride out. I think you can ride out a, a global pandemic with domestic and virtual water, um, without going completely crazy. And then it will uh, really remind you how important the wild water is, uh, how therapeutic and medicinal it is to your well-being. Uh, and then hopefully we come out of this, and we never, ever, ever take it for granted again. We never, ever let it get messed up. And we all become water warriors in a new way because of um, that, that deepened appreciation for what it, what it gives us. You, can, you really learn that. Um, I, I gave a, uh, a talk at a conference uh, for, for people who manage prisons and uh really really learn uh, this idea of how to how, how would you depict the ocean to someone who was incarcerated in a way that made any sense um but the idea of, of really valuing something you don't have because it's uh, locked away from you for whatever reason um it's, hum it's humbling and it's a really good reminder so maybe that's part of what we're doing right now is just getting that bold underlying appreciation for for the water that our home water water we love um like that the next time you know, i know a lot of people who aren't aren't getting in the water at all right now and uh other outside their bathrooms and um i know the, the next time they get in whenever it is weeks or months from now it's going to be very sweet uh euphoric spiritual even there may even be tears like a reunion, you know, with someone you really missed, and um, you know, own that. Just you know, I think that's that's part of part of what we're going through. If you're if you're you've got salt in your veins, the way I think most of the people listening to your podcast and who are uh, on your podcast do. This is a it's a learning experience, and then um, and some and some people are pretty fortunate. They have water in their backyard, and in any kind of you know quarantine situation, they still have access. They can walk there, um, but we're seeing in California, you know, um, people getting tickets for stand-up paddleboarding, and such, and, uh, and so that it's getting a little, a little heavy, um, and especially for people who've been really who've been using the ocean uh, to get through every day. Um, it, it literally is their medicine, biologically, physiologically, neurochemically. It is what gives them their dopamine and what keeps them sober. And uh, uh, it's, it's being taken away right now. They, they need something else. Um, and uh, the bathtub, <laughs> a nice bath is great, but uh, you really gotta, gotta I don't know, bring some really great soap or something, I don't know.
That's what I'm thinking. Just pouring a bag of salt in there at the moment might be the way to go. <laughs> or a lot of bubbles. I think a lot of bubbles and a, and a rubber duck. That's it. <laughs> Maybe a glass of wine. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. So for, for those, um, you know, if we, we're fortunate enough to be able to go and, and, and experience the water or, um, you know, we can, we can run a bath um, or, or go through the digital means to, to get some get some blue mind going how do we how do we take that away and 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 take that with us to you know the next phone call the the next chore we've got to do in the house the the next part of our day how do we how do we roll that into into the next part yeah i think there's an element of of, um, mindfulness practice that comes comes with it and you can call it whatever you want you just calm calm your mind you don't you don't like the word mindfulness or meditation fine don't don't say those words just call it calmness or focus, or relaxation, but um, not surprisingly, a lot of a lot of people who teach mindfulness will use aquatic imagery, especially lakes, rivers, oceans, uh, to get people in, into that space. To you know, close their eyes and imagine waves, imagine imagine a river. Um, it's very common. In fact, um, you go to the, the bookstore and you look up positive psychology or mindfulness uh, books. Most of them have water on the cover. Um, most of them don't mention water in the text. They just put water on the cover because it's the right image. And so there's always been this connection between mindfulness and, and, and water. Um, and uh, I, think, I think we're at a point where Western medicine, Western science is now getting it. And we're starting to see therapists and doctors literally prescribing, I would call it a blue scription, um, mandating that their patients spend more time near in on and underwater uh, as part of of their their healing regime they may supplement it with more traditional more familiar or pharmaceutical means um, but it's really clear we're starting to see around the world uh, health professionals using blue mind literally prescribing blue mind uh, to their patients with great results and the, the clinical research is strong so um, the great thing about a blue scription is you can self-prescribe it and you're not going to get into any trouble. You can write yourself five blue scriptions a week and uh, there are no side effects <laughs> uh, other than you may lose your job if all you do is surf or, or dive. But uh, um, you can't overdose or you can't overdo it uh, uh, from, a, from a chemical medical perspective. So um, self-prescribing. Uh, a blue scription is a really good idea. And, uh, I write, I have a form that I fill out. It's a blue scription form and I'll check the boxes and write a little note and ask people to stick it to the refrigerator just as a reminder to you know, take a bath if you're stressed or get in the water, get to the beach, go for a swim. Um, you know, instead of watching a, a really scary Netflix series, put on just some soft water sound and chill rather than getting your red mind on um, by like some murder mystery that freaks you out even more. Um, just relax, you know. Um, and I, we didn't really talk about it yet, but the, one of the benefits of Blue Mind is better sleep. You know, you've probably had a day where you're just, it was just an epic day on the water and your head hits the pillow and you're just, just gone. And it's just like deep, long, good sleep. And um, I've had that experience working with veterans who uh, have been carrying some post-traumatic stress and um, haven't slept for years, literally. And they get on the water for a day surfing, learn to surf, so exhausted physically and mentally and emotionally. Hit, hit the hotel room, hit the pillow, and it's like they're out eight hours of sleep. And they wake up and say, I haven't slept for eight hours in literally years. And... Um, that's another benefit of the water. It helps us sleep. Yeah, I have to um, have to dig out. I, I remember seeing a show a while ago where um, there was a there was a voluntary group taking veterans out to to teach them surfing, um, and it was just yeah extensive benefits on it. I'll, I'll have to um, dig it out and uh, link it on the on the show notes. But um, maybe we could talk a bit more about the the benefits of, of Blue Mind. I, I kind of. I was thinking them and, and thinking about my sleep and things, and but then I, I it, you know, we went off somewhere else. But yeah, I mean, if you don't mind yeah. sharing a few more of the benefits, that'd be that'd be good. 
Yeah, so, you know, there's a, there are all the physical benefits of exercise. And when you exercise in the water, those benefits are, are multiplied. You know, there's, there's the somatic pressure of being in the water that pushes, pushes more blood to your heart, makes your heart work more. So that gives you a better workout. Um, you can stretch more and you can do things in the water that you wouldn't probably try on land. Um, so you can just more of a, you can literally, you know, throw your arms and your legs all over the place in the water and you wouldn't be able to do that in the air. Um, some people maybe, maybe like people in Cirque du Soleil or something, but you can do kind of water acrobatics and just range of motion stuff. Um, the chance of injury in the water is, is so much lower. You don't fall down if you're exercising in the water. So it's the combination of pressure, resistance, and lower incident of injury that make water exercise just, just better. But then you add in the emotional benefits, and it's just more relaxing uh, to exercise in the water. Uh, it's, um, there's a, a pro-social aspect to it. You're in the water with a bunch of people. It's just it's great. There's a camaraderie to it that you don't really see you know, pushing weights around in a gym as much. Nothing against working out in a gym, but you go into a gymnasium and there's screens everywhere with, you know, 24-hour news cycle. It's stressing you out if you look at it, distracting you mentally. And when you work out in the water, no screens, ideally, hopefully. Uh, the nice sound of the water uh, it feels good and helps you mentally relax while you're working, stressing your body much better than mentally stressing yourself while you're mentally, physically stressing your body. Um, so there's all those benefits, but it goes way beyond that. It's um, the creativity benefits. So, you know, in that blue mind state, you tend to move into a different mode, which lends itself to the, the creative process uh, much more. You're more likely to come up with a, a novel uh, insight or a new connection. Um, a poetic insight or a new song even. I talk to artists and uh, musicians and writers and they say you know, by the water, sometimes it just feels like the, the song falls out of the sky into their brain and it's like, there it is. They don't even sure where it came from. Uh, it didn't come from the sky, it came from themselves, but came out of their subconscious, but the water facilitates that. Uh, so not, not surprisingly, there's lots of water metaphors in all, across all spiritual traditions. So if you're trying to achieve some sort of transcendence or transcendent experience that op opens you up, water is always a good, good to involve uh, in that. Um, and then, I, you know, I think it's not, not uh, something people discuss much, but uh, given the current uh, circumstances globally with the pandemic, uh, the idea of grief and uh, we're all grieving right now, whether we realize it or not. Our plans that we had are changed. Things that we thought were coming up that were really great, important even, have gone away, not to mention perhaps loss of life and economic challenges. Um, and we grieve all of that. And, uh, and the best place I know to grieve is near the water or in the water uh, or under the water. And uh, nothing better than diving under the water and just screaming you know, everything, uh, or just crying, you know, at the beach. Um, it's pretty good, pretty good place to do it. Uh, it's a pretty good place to memorialize those we've lost um, because it puts us all together in that blue mind place and opens us up to a different, different, uh, different mood, really, a different mode. And uh, that's just a partial list of the... <laughs> you know, the emotional health benefits from, from romance to grief to creativity to relaxation. Uh, you know, just the flip side of that, if, if the ocean is full of crap, it all goes away. If you go to the ocean to feel good and it makes you mad uh, or disgusted, uh, you're not going to get your blue mind on. You're going to get more red mind. And then you might just get burnt out on the whole thing. You know, after maybe doing beach cleanups over and over and just finally just tiring of it. Um, so yet another argument to keep our oceans healthy and clean uh, for the ecological and economic benefits, but all the massive emotional health benefits. Uh, really, if you start thinking about it in your own life, they really stack up. And then you start thinking about it 
then your small circle, the stack gets bigger. And then you broaden it out to your community alone, just where you live. All the people who benefit so much and creativity and uh, managing their anxiety and their addictions and uh, all the romantic moments. And uh, it's, a, it's pretty amazing when you think about how much a healthy river or a healthy lake or a healthy ocean bay gives us um, from an emotional health perspective. And, uh, you know, our goal is to have, you know, conversations like this with you so that people hear about this and go, wow, it's so obvious, yet I never thought about it that way. It's usually what happens. Like, it's so damn obvious, but yet I never really thought of my own life that way, connected the dots. And, uh, those are the great aha moments. And then you can't go back. Like once, once we've kicked the blue mind door open for people, as hopefully we've just done, you can't close it. You, you can't unsee your blue mind. It's permanently part of your, your language and your understanding of yourself. Um, and hopefully it's something you want to share with the people around you so they understand it and you can put it into, into good practice. Yeah, fantastic. No, really, um, really does does capture the the blue mind, and um, yeah, just on the on the benefits side as a personal story. I, I remember somebody telling me, just as I started learning how to free dive, um, oh, you'll find your sleep really well. And I, I was like, oh, yeah, I don't know, maybe, maybe. Got home that night, just just out, just gone again, and it it just has such a such a major impact, even even on you know a small scale like that. But I think. Um, like you say, capturing it on a on a on a community or um, you know even a, 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 a global scale. Um, there, I said is is um, yeah really important to to make sure that's front of mind and and in the in the vernacular in in the consciousness. Absolutely, yeah. Well, and that's really you know that's really our our, our goal is to make blue mind common knowledge. Um, so that it isn't something you learn, you know, in your thirties or something you just, you know, it, and you don't know why you know it. You understand if you're having a bad day and you're a teenager, the best thing you can do is get your butt in the water. Um, you understand that if you're having a creative block and you're a professional, whatever creative person, you know, understand that you get to the water and it'll help you work through that creative block. Uh, you understand that if there's somebody really are fond of and you want to take your conversation to another level go to the water and hang out there um that's we would like that to be common knowledge for um not just lucky people but 7.8 billion people who understand blue mind have access to it in one shape or form and practice it you know daily weekly monthly whatever they can um, Kind of a big audacious goal, uh, but I think we're about one eighth of the way there. <laughs> one billion out of eight billion, not bad. Ah, it's 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 a good number, absolutely. It is a good number for sure. And uh, yeah, hopefully people will, will will like and share this and um, share the other sources that you've you've um, mentioned earlier on on the on the show as well, and, and have a look through and get familiar with the the content. Yeah, and I, I, I'll challenge anybody who's got some creativity in their, in their uh, makeup to take these ideas and, and expand them, you know, do, do fun, cool things to explain your mind to your community, your, um, through your art, through your, your lens, through your podcast, through your, your painting and your photography and design and uh, music. And I just found a, a new song today, literally. Um, several songs that have the title Blue Mind. And it's a great song by Alexi Murdoch, Scottish uh, singer that you love. You know him? Do you know Alexi? He's a. Uh, oh, not yet. Beautiful. You will. You'll love, you, he's got a great song called Blue Mind. Just, I would link that uh, to, the, to the resources. And um, there's a couple other songs inspired by Blue Mind that are called Blue Mind. But if you're a musician, you know. Turned it into a song, turned it into lyrics, uh, because not everybody's going to read a, you know, sloggy book um, uh, full of science. Uh, some people are going to understand Blue Mind through music, uh, 
and some through film and some some through accomplished podcasts and uh maybe uh cartoons or something i don't know i can do all of it it's kind of kind of the goal excellent excellent no i really appreciate um you, you taking the time to to share it with us and um share some of the, the the you know the key learnings from the book and how we can take advantage of the water and what the key benefits are and um you know how we can bring that into our lives a bit more so thank you yeah it's totally my pleasure and thanks for uh thanks for inviting me to hang out chat yeah, yeah no no i'm thank you for making the time really honestly yeah um is it is there anything we should be should anything else you want to you want to cover up anything we, we didn't mention that we, we should loop back into at some point um i think we've been pretty much pretty well covered it I th and i think if people are interested in tracking blue mind on social media we keep it really simple hashtag blue mind so feel free to use that to connect with other people who are part of this conversation whether it's on instagram or twitter or wherever just throw that hashtag around a little bit and click on it and you'll see all kinds of cool stuff that people are doing uh, you know whether it's people who have discovered the book or just that love the concept and are, are integrating it in, in their work in different ways. Um, really is an open source concept for people to, to take and, and uh, improve, uh, improve on and share it. Yeah, I think that's really the only, it's, it's, not a, it's not a lockdown organization that's sort of owning anything. It's just me here. <laughs> sharing <laughs> sharing and doing your best for everyone i really do yeah. appreciate it yeah yeah thank you so much for that all right guys hope you enjoyed the episode that was quite a long one so it will be quick please do take the time to review and uh share the show if you can makes a world of difference makes it so much easier for everyone to find it there's going to be a load of links in the show notes if you've got any other questions please do reach out until next week music today was from the Free Music Archive.